1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
0: Maybe I'm crazy, but the Heat are winning the NBA championship. I believe it welcome to the maybe i'm crazy podcast i'm joy taylor i'm 98 percent serious um i'm just gonna be a fan for the rest of the year with the heat so you're just gonna have to mind me i'm very excited um mark medina from usa today sports he covers the nba he is going to be joining us he's covered the lakers and the warriors and now he covers the whole nba so he has lots of good NBA nuggets for us so that's exciting Uh, we're also going to talk about Jimmy Butler openly recruiting Joel Embiid which I love Um, Johnny Manziel uh, is the most lit college football player of all time we debate later in the podcast we don't really debate we just disagree Uh, my voice sounds horrible so I'm sorry about that we'll also put that in loser power rankings talk XFL where all the quarterbacks going to end up in this uh, free agency period and drafts because there's a like 15 that have, can possibly move around and obviously five possible top first round draft picks available at the quarterback position so we'll get into that and lots of other stuff but let's get started oh and oscars with t but let's get started with mark medina from usa today sports all right very excited to have mark medina from usa today sports on the show thank you so much for joining us yeah thanks for having me you've uh you've covered a lot of the nba so you've been in you were in golden state yeah and then you were with
1: the lakers yeah i was uh let's see 2010 i was covering the lakers as a blogger for the la times 2012 still with the lakers but as a beat writer with the la daily news and then uh the year following kobe bryant's last year with them went up to the bay area covered the warriors for bay area news group for two years and now i'm back here in la as a national Writer with U- USA Today, so there's a lot of things going on in LA, obviously yeah. this year with the Lakers and Clippers, um, so I'll go there a lot um, for both teams, visiting teams coming in, but I'll, I'll do some trips around the Western Conference as well. Yeah, so
0: you covered nationally in the NBA. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you've had a you similar to me have been very lucky with the teams that you've gotten to cover. Yeah. Because um, I started in Miami and I pretty much started in the business right before LeBron came to Miami. And so I got to cover the Heatles for those four years. Which Unbelievable. Was and then, you know, now I'm in in LA. Um, so yeah, sometimes you get lucky like that. You don't have to go to, uh, Albuquerque. Yeah.
1: You know what? Preparation meets opportunity, yes, right? So all oh, no, well-deserved on your end. I went to school ends, in you know.
0: Miami. I did my internships and worked for free right. for a year. <laughs> but yeah, that, it, that does, that does happen. No diss to Albuquerque, by the way. Wonderful place. I've never been, but I've, you know, I've heard some things. Um, actually I have friends that live in Albuquerque. Now that I think about it, they just moved there. Anyway. Um, so the Lakers obviously are pretty much the number one story yeah. in, in the league right now. And the, the latest was that LeBron is the happiest he's ever been with, the, with management in his career, which obviously hurts my feelings because I worship at the throne of Pat Riley, who is the godfather of the NBA. But they did have some issues there, and he had yeah. some issues with Spolstra and such, and we all, we all know what happened with Cleveland. But what being around the team is the biggest difference with the front office this year. Because obviously last year it was a— it was a bleep show. If yeah.
1: Serious. I mean, honestly, the main difference is Magic Johnson isn't there, right? And I, I think, you know, in fairness to him, you have to give him credit that for all his warts and criticisms of, you know, his commitment to the job and the dynamic between he and Rob Palenka, I mean, he was uh, the person that brought LeBron James here. I right. mean, he is the one that had the meeting with LeBron, sold him on the vision, but I think... With Rob Palenka having an elevated role, um, I, I think there's a debate still of how good is he is as a GM. You, you have to give him credit for obviously getting Anthony Davis here. Um, and I think that to their credit, he made up for some of the mistakes last year where they didn't have the right supporting cast to help LeBron. I think here they've had much better bench pieces, but it, it's still it's still early. But I think regardless of that, there's not as many competing agendas, different voices. There's more synergy. And I think that that has affected the organization mostly for the good, where you know there's not as much of that, that Lakers soap opera that we're so used to seeing. I think you also have to credit the coaching staff. Frank Vogel, a very accomplished head coach an experienced head coach in the NBA. But the reality is he wasn't the Lakers' first choice. And one of the candidates was Ty Lue, who coached LeBron in Cleveland, and and that fell apart for various reasons. So he was coming into the job, you know, kind of having to prove himself, and he immediately showed his chops. And a lot of the guys from LeBron eighty down have been completely buying in.
0: Yeah, I think Frank Vogel is actually kind of an underrated storyline yeah. this year because all anyone could talk about is just what a setup it was that Frank Vogel was yeah. hired because it's like. Clearly, they're just hiring him, and then LeBron's going to have some major problems with him, and then Jason Kidd is going to just slowly <laughs> up the right. Back, right to that spot. Frank Vogel's going to be fired mid-season, and I thought I think that he's done a really good job, and I I wasn't sure how that was going to play out because it is a lot to coach LeBron James, and that's not LeBron James's fault. It's it's a lot to deal with anyone who is the biggest star in the entire world. That's just how it goes, and I think I think Frank Vogel's done a great
1: job. Yeah, and I think one of the things that he fully understands is. You know, I, I think there's a lot. There's a huge narrative, especially around the NBA, when it comes to the superstars of oh, you know how, how much personalities are there and egos, and certainly that's prevalent. But I think at the end of the day, a lot of these players just simply want to see a coach that knows what he's talking about right. and it, it does his homework, prepares, puts them in a position to succeed. So when it comes to Frank Vogel, it's like how does he get the guys to buy in? Like he can't try to act cool or give these really nice speeches. It's just about doing your homework, showing that you're prepared. And when the guys see that you are putting that work, you know what you're talking about, and your ideas have played out on the court, that's when the buy-in process starts to happen.
0: So there was a little bit of chatter last week before the trade deadline that Kuzma was possibly going to be moved. I'm a huge Kuzma fan. One, I like personalities, and he's got these. He's got the whole look. Like you're an Eminem fan, is what you're saying. Uh, I, I was very excited to see Eminem <laughs> at, at the Oscars. I thought that was a wonderful yeah. twist. Um, yeah, like I think I think Kuzma kind of fits the team. I also like that he's young, and I do think that you do need, while obviously they're trying to win now, you do somewhat need to invest in the youth of your organization. So right. I do not like the idea of moving Kuzma at all, and I'm very glad that they didn't. But what what's What's the resistance with Kuzma? Not that he was going to be moved because he's not good, but like there seems to be this argument that he doesn't fit with this team.
1: Yeah, well, I I think because of his injuries, he was trying to play catch-up with getting himself in a rhythm. It it is a different role that he had to get accustomed to with coming off the bench and not – having the same kind of scoring role that he had in previous seasons and you know some of his consistency with his outside shooting has been sus- suspect i mean basically you've seen to use this m M&M m analogy you've seen like the slim shady version of marshall mathers lp m&m show which is good right. and then sometimes kuzma's shown the m&m of you know encore and relapse and that's not great <laughs> right so great I-, I think with that there's been optimism that some of it's circumstantial. He's still young. And so he's in that kind of gray area where, hey, he's not established enough that we're going to make him untouchable. We'll still entertain offers, see what's available. But it's not to the point where they're thinking, hey, we got to get rid of him, whatever it takes. And I and I think the Lakers made the right move. I, I think that there is still upside. He has shown in the last month he's improved. And then I think for with the bigger picture, one of the things that I think has really played in the Lakers' favor is is that his hiccups aside and John Rondo's hiccups aside, their chemistry as five-man units have been really good. Yeah, and I, I don't. Th- I think they were leery of breaking up those combinations to then get into a process of having to integrate a new guy, seeing what the best lineups are for that, and then all of a sudden it might affect the standings and just their overall comfort level heading into the playoffs. Would
0: you call him the third guy?
1: You know i think by default from a scoring load because
0: i feel like the third guy with lebron always gets this treatment and it's like bosh and it's kevin love and obviously bosh and kevin love are on a different level right now obviously than kuzma it would be in that spot but like it's like the third guy with lebron always kind of gets yeah <laughs>
1: it's a, it's a great idea joy and I, I equate some similarities to that. that like they, they, Those guys who are even more established right. went through hiccups of finding their way. But as far as being a third guy, I think from a scoring standpoint, sure. But as far as the pecking order on the team, I think you've seen it's clearly LeBron and AD, and then it's been a wild card. Sometimes right. you've seen Dwight Howard and javel McGee be those defensive rim, rim protectors and rebounders. Sometimes you've seen avery bradley really set the example on the perimeter uh and then sometimes you've seen hey it's standing green just right. hitting a bunch of three-pointers so i don't think that from a team depth chart kyle kuzma's the third guy but technically he is from a numbers scoring standpoint
0: yeah and i just i always feel bad for those guys but like well at least in miami like Bosch would always kind of get a lot of slack from the rest of the country. We, we, we always protect it. You got to protect Chris Bosch. It's yeah. Um, all right. So then the, the other option out there or rumor is that Deion Waiters could possibly be in addition to the Lakers. Now, he had some issues with the Heat, obviously, he only played three games this year. I don't really know what happened in Miami there, but whatever. I, I like Deion Waiters. I think he's a playmaker. He's obviously not as consistent as you would like, but I don't think that that's really his role on a team so do you think he fits with the lakers that would be a good choice for them
1: i I don't think so i mean i think the lakers are always about doing due diligence just like a lot of good nba teams are so i don't think they're shutting anything out but the reality is they have a 15-man roster so if they're going to make any sort of moves they have to waive someone right um i think the second thing is the lakers might have a really good culture but so so did miami so i don't think the lakers have shied away of picking up players with question marks. I mean, Dwight Howard is a perfect example that the Lakers know from firsthand experience that, look, there's a lot of baggage that comes with having Dwight on your team. And he showed through his actions and the fact that it was a non-guaranteed contract that they won't tolerate that. But I think it goes back to the larger point of the Lakers have built such great chemistry already. I don't feel like they're going to get to the point where they feel like it's worth to potentially disrupt that.
0: Are they good enough to make it to the finals though?
1: Yeah um, right now I give the edge to the Laker to the Lakers over the Clippers Why um, I, I think there's better chemistry. I think that there's been more opportunities because they're healthier for guys to play together. That being said, these two teams since the jump have been on a parallel track to then have a collision course. And so going into the season, I thought the Clippers had the edge because they have more depth. I thought some of the continuity that they had with the bench would go into play of minimizing the integration and familiarity, and I haven't seen that as much as I thought it would be. Part of it was expected because Paul George missed the first 11 games. Kawhi Leonard wound up missing some games. But there were some other injuries with some of the other supporting cast that made it harder to find the right lineup combinations that Doc Rivers likes, and also to have practice time. So I think they're behind the eight ball, but the good thing for the Clippers is they still have a month and a half. But I will stress, like, either way, here's what it's going to come down to. Whichever team's healthiest, obviously, but the second thing is these regular season matchups, I don't take anything out of them. And it goes beyond, oh, it's the regular season the first opening night, I give it to the Clippers. They brought it, even without Paul George. Like, the Lakers weren't ready to play. Christmas Day game, Kawhi technically played outplayed LeBron. But I think you have to consider that LeBron had been carrying a heavier workload during that month. Not to say that he was getting right into the ground, but I think it was the other extreme where Kawhi was sitting out every other game. He was more rested. And if you're going to get into this compare and contrast of who's the better player, Kawhi had 13 games before that where he's shot below 50%, he's had his fair share of not good games either. So I think because of that, you almost wipe those out. And it's really going to come down to some of these things are obvious, but it just is what it is. It's going to be health, number one. And then number two, how well do the duos play collectively? And then the third part is all these supporting cast role players, to what extent are they going to be the best version of themselves? And as of right now, the lakers have shown the advantage with that but still a month and a half for that to get correct
0: yeah i don't put too much into the regular season either when it comes when it comes to teams that are at this level but okay so talking slipping over to the the eastern conference obviously the bucks are running through everybody i I don't know what it is about the bucks but i just i'm just not 100 percent. you're not feeling them Look, I love Giannis. Okay. okay, and that's I love Giannis.
1: And that's it. <laughs> you don't like Chris Middleton? Yes.
0: No, I like. The, I think Chris Middleton is a is, yeah. a is a nice player. Um, but is he? Are, are the Bucks good enough to beat the Lakers or the Clippers? Like even healthy? I don't think so.
1: Yeah, and you know I don't take much away from it because it's regular season. They have beaten them. I think, I think they have a clear path to the finals do. because of the East. Now, I say that with full respect that. I think Toronto's a really good team. I think Miami's getting even better. Jimmy Butler's been great. Gay and Andre Andre is going to do wonders. But I feel like just league-wide, Clippers, Lakers, Lakers, Clippers, however you want to flip it, there is such a divide between those two teams and everyone else. Yeah. But I don't think that that's necessarily an indictment on Milwaukee per se. I think that they can build off of last year where they ran to a buzzsaw with the Raptors. I think Giannis kind of had that rite of passage that a lot of young NBA stars do, where you had that first taste of playoff experience, and now you know what it's like to face a really good team that has time and preparation to scheme for you in a full playoff series. And I think that that woke him up a little bit. That woke up the coaching staff to really add even more skill sets to his game. So I think they're fine, but Lakers-Clippers just they have way too much, and it's such a discrepancy for compared to the rest of the league.
0: Yeah, so like – when I look at the Bucks and the talent, and it's not that they aren't a talented team, obviously they are, and Giannis is a monster as we know. Yeah. But it's just like it's like Giannis and and Chris Middleton, right?
1: Yeah. Or Kawhi, Eric B- Eric Blatt's is all right. Paul George, but you can't compare. But I'm, yeah.
0: I'm just taking the top two. Like, yeah, yeah. Like they do have talent. Like, obviously, but yeah, I mean, in in a seven game series, like, I just I can't I can't do it. And to be honest with you, like you said. I really don't know. Like, I like the Raptors, but the Raptors always do this. They always have awesome regular seasons, mm-hmm. and they're crushing right now. And I, I, I respect that organization a lot. I picked them to win last year, so you know. Uh, but you for real, like, it. I yeah. do I, no because listen, I love Kawhi. Kawhi is that dude to me. Like, I, I, if I have to pick anyone in the whole league, I really think I'm really picking Kawhi, and that's over LeBron. And I know that sounds crazy, but it just he's that dude, and I don't care about. You know, load management and all that. Like he showed last year, taking like he, he won a championship for an entire country. So nobody else can say that for sure. So to me, like, the, well, I like the Raptors' regular season. I think, on and I know I'm being biased, but the Heat, Heat has some shit with them. That's like old school Pat Riley Heat basketball. Mean. You got you know Jimmy Butler out here openly recruiting Joel Embiid. <laughs> like that, they're they're different this year, and they're going to get better. And the Celtics too. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I think that the, the first two rounds, Milwaukee will have no problem, but I don't know about the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: Yeah, I like the Celtics, um, and I think you know there's there was so much going on last year with Kyrie, and I say this knowing how good of a player Kyrie is, but there's no way around it, he wasn't a good leader with that team, and no, I think that the right there's fit. a better fit this year, and there's a lot more continuity. I, I just think the X factor is Giannis. Um, I still give the edge to LeBron uh, over Kawhi just because he's been able to be healthier and more consistently durable. But I think when you're talking about Milwaukee and really everyone else in the NBA, I haven't seen signs this season that LeBron's slowing down to his credit. I think he benefited last year of missing 27 games, resting up kind of using that last season as motivation of missing the playoffs for the first time. I think for him since 2006, yeah, an extra time to recover, but There's going to be a window that's closing for him. I mean, there's no skirting around. He's 35, 17th season. So as much as I don't want any NBA team to just say, buy your time, just stay put, there is still that avenue for Milwaukee to be able to strike, maybe not this season, but next season or the following season, where they do have that chance because the Lakers' window is so small.
0: Wow. Do they have that chance? Because Giannis is going to be a free agent, and if
1: they continue to get
0: right there and not – when is he going to stay
1: you know nothing is ever guaranteed in today's nba but if i had a bet i think Giannis is going to stay in milwaukee i don't think it's going to be similar regardless of the fact that the warriors are going to be aggressive they're going to align themselves from a cap standpoint and just asset standpoint to be able to make that deal or when he becomes a free agent but i don't think that what Milwaukee or what Giannis is facing in Milwaukee was comparable to what Kevin Durant was facing in Oklahoma City. No, where, or LeBron in Cleveland. Right, exactly. So I think knowing, I you know I don't cover Giannis on a day to day basis, but just following the team from afar and and talking to people who know around the NBA, there's a real feeling that he's staying in Milwaukee. But that being said, I mean, there's just never any guarantees in the NBA. And that doesn't even have to just do with free agency. I mean, it's injuries and just everything else that, you know, can really tilt the scale one way or the other.
0: I think a lot could happen. I don't think that they're going to yeah. win the championship this year. And then moving into next year. And look, Milwaukee's a well run organization. So it's not like it's Cleveland where it's just
1: insanity. a hot mess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, or it's Miami where you're under the biggest amount of pressure that anyone has ever faced, really, even more than what was going on in Golden State with Kevin Durant because everyone hated the the big three in Miami. But yeah. I just think that, like you said, right now Giannis does not have a whole lot of pressure on him. But if they make it again and he doesn't win again, that might just turn up a little bit because eventually, you know how we are, like eventually we're gonna be like, okay, like Giannis is great, but he never he never wins. Like he's right. great in the regular season. And you know, he's the Greek freak and he's fun and everyone loves him and I, I love Giannis. But, like, he never wins. That's going to become the thing. And then that pressure is going to, to raise up. And and to me, I don't have a problem with guys moving because of that. Like, we have this measurement that we are, you know, the, the finish line is always moving for what the greatest is or, you know, you have to be the greatest. And it's – I mean, it's all about competition. Right. So I I do think that 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 narrative could switch very quickly if that continues to happen for you. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, And, you know, as as unfair as I think kind of that rings debate goes into play because it's not even just that player's greatness and his drive and will. There's so many outside factors of how well the organizations run. But I think to your point, like, I never faulted Kevin Durant for leaving the Thunder for the Warriors because I think – You should give a lot of credit to him and the Warriors that, hey, they valued winning. And as much as you look on paper, they are just stacked with future Hall of Famers. There has been a lot of times in the history of the NBA where that resulted in a lot of competing agendas, egos clashing, and nothing was perfect there by any means, especially that last season. But I think the underrated part of the Warriors and Kevin Durant is that they integrated Kevin in a way that maximized what he brought as Kevin Durant without diluting the identity that made Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Andre Iguodala so good. And you know that whole narrative—oh, you just roll the ball out and it's easy. No, that took a lot of work and sacrifice and kind of X's and O's to make sure everyone was feeling like the team's the best version of themselves without. Individuals feeling like they're on the short end of the stick. Yeah, I
0: mean, that's just silly. Like, that's yeah. silly fan stuff. And I'm like, I'm very pro fan. Right. Like, we, we, whatever. We don't, none of us really know anything, all right? Like, we're not on the sideline, drawn up plays and stuff. But the idea that Kevin Durant just showed up and there was an automatic championship. They didn't win every year with Kevin Durant there. Like the Warriors didn't win the, the year before he came. Like it's right. it's not an automatic thing. Right. And that's what happened in Miami with, with the Chris Bosch and Dwayne Wade. Like they didn't win the first year. Of course they're not gonna win the first year. Like it takes time to do all this. You can it helps. You're gonna have talent, you're gonna make the finals, but championships are championships for a reason. They're hard to win.
1: Yeah, for they're sure. Not
0: the only talented people in the league. Um, okay, so what the before I let you go. What was supposed to be the biggest story of the year was Zion Williamson, and unfortunately didn't quite start out that way. And then he had a sprained ankle in this last game. He's supposed to play against uh, the Blazers um, tonight. But do you have any concerns about Zion, like that he's going to be able to get his body on the right track?
1: I think it's certainly a lot of fair questions. You know, I talked with some outside medical people who didn't see Zion or treat him directly, but just knowing the nature of his injury – There are some that are wondering, okay, like is this the sign of many things to come? But that being said, Joy, the people on the Pelicans and and also around the NBA, they really feel like the fact that he missed so much time this season really enabled the Pelicans to correct his movement patterns and and improve his range of motion. And it really didn't have much to do with, oh, his weight or how big he is. Of course, they wanted Zion to slim down his body fat just for his own conditioning. But it was really that his his range of motion was just so tight. And with that being so tight, that was leading to more knee injuries, yeah. more ankle injuries. So I think, you know, you should be cautious when you have an ankle injury here or there, but I think that's going to be more of the norm of if he is hurt, it's these minor ailments that take him out a few games here or there. But I don't think that there's going to be that major injury that takes him out for half a season or even beyond because I think that they use that time wisely to correct all those movement patterns that I think contributed to the previous injuries at Duke, at Summer League, and, you know, during a preseason play. Yeah,
0: that's good. I mean obviously we were all rooting for Zion going into the yeah, season. Yeah, of course. But John Moran's had an incredible
1: Unbelievable. Incredible season. Unbelievable. I love
0: John Moran. I need to get a jersey. those those jerseys are hard. Yeah. Jerseys. I got to get matching sneaks, though.
1: They've been selling out? You can't get them anywhere?
0: Uh, no, I just need to do it. Okay, okay.
1: You, <laughs> um, you're you busy.
0: Yeah, you know, eventually. I'm laying on the couch doing nothing. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us. It was really fun. Yeah, we thank you for having you again. me. Lots of good uh, NBA nuggets.
1: Always love so it. We'll Always love, love it.
0: Later in the season. Sounds
1: Appreciate good. It. And you
0: can follow Mark at Mark G underscore Medina on Twitter. Um, so you get more NBA nuggets from him. Appreciate
1: it. Sounds good. Appreciate the plug.
0: <laughs> Thanks. TurboTax is here to help this tax season by making tax filing easy for you. They've made it their mission to give you all the tools and advice you need to get your taxes done with confidence, like making uploading your W 2 as easy as taking a picture. Just use your phone or your tablet to simply snap a picture of your W 2, and then you just watch your information appear in the right place on your tax return. You can make sure you're filing your taxes correctly while at the same time making sure you're getting the best possible refunds. TurboTax, all people are tax people. With it. With it quit. When- but we about to turn up in this day. All right, Donnie, what am I winning or quitting today? Heller is out again. He will be with us soon
2: Yes. Uh the 2020 NFL offseason is in full swing and a major change is gonna come. Looks like some old faces are headed to some new places and some baby faces headed to some new places as well. Ooh, a, lot of, of a lot of faces and places. All my aces. Uh, <laughs> Joy. This is the most interesting offseason for quarterbacks ever. With it or quitting.
0: Definitely would it. There is gonna be some movement, and I think there's gonna be a lot of movement in the draft also um, there's just a lot of quarterbacks who are free agents mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of quarterbacks who are available who are possible first rounders because everyone's really only talking about Tua, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert but Jacob Eason and Jordan Love are also high prospects and they're gonna go in the first round I think and then also like you have Jalen Hurts floating mm-hmm. out there no one's really talking about him I think he'll go into th- in the second round. But still be drafted very high, obviously. So uh, we'll, we'll do honorable mention, Jalen Hurts. But just focusing on those five that are, I think, gonna go in the first round you have Tua, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jacob Eason, and Jordan Love. Then, free agent wise, mm-hmm. you have Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Dak Prescott, Jameis Winston. Mm. I suppose you could put Marcus Mariota's name out there, but I I think he'll end up staying with the Titans. I think the the Titans are going to sign Ryan Tannehill to an extension also. So that's a – what is that? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen?
2: That's a lot. Conservatively,
0: because there could be some other moves made True. as well. So, yeah, I mean, there's just – and and I think a lot of them are moving. So – My very, very uh, non-sourced, uneducated guesses on where I think these guys are going to go slash where I think they should go. Yeah, because, uh, you know, if I'm right, I get to brag, and if not, well, whatever. So I think the Dolphins are going to end up taking Tua. So Tua got cleared for his first medical, which was the, the hip fracture heal, and it did. It was as positive as it could be, was the Rappaport report on Tua. So that's good. Like you wanted to know that it was, that it's healed again. I don't know anything about this injury and how it's going to heal or how it's going to affect him. None of us do. So stop acting like you do. You don't, but I will say I've been consistent about Tua from this whole time. I don't like Tua as much as Joe Burrow. (coughs) I haven't all season. Excuse me. I'm going to (coughs) die. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) The one thing about Tua and Joe Burrow that, People keep going on opposite sides of, and it makes no sense. It's like when it comes to Joe Burrow, it's like, oh, he played for LSU. Look at the talent he has around him and the receivers. It's like, what's the difference with Tua and who he plays with and the talent and the receivers that he has? It's the exact same thing. Exactly. That makes no difference. The one comparison that you can make with Joe Burrow and Tua that I think is fair is that Tua has been good for a longer amount of time than Joe Burrow has been good. Now, Joe Burrow had the greatest statistical season in the history of college football at the quarterback position. So, you can take that into consideration. But if you're being fair all the way around, they're even. Like, two of injuries and then Joe Burrow's lack of greatness for an extended amount of time kind of even out to me. Yeah, that's true. Now, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow because I just I, – I personally see – that level of greatness and he doesn't have the injuries the injury thing to me really scares me now that said i would still take him if i'm a gm and i need a quarterback because it's worth the risk you nobody knows what anyone's getting in these drafts it's a Mm -hmm. crapshoot even in the first round there's no guarantees in the draft there's busts all the time so if you need a quarterback just take him what's the worst could happen he ends up being injured okay then take another quarterback yeah like it's worth the risk for the talent and being in the position that you are to get him so i think the dolphins take Tua. Obviously, Cincinnati is going to take Joe Burrow. I hate it. It's going to ruin my life, but it just, it is what it is. Now, that said, I'm going to plea, I'm going to make an open plea until draft day and on draft day that Joe Burrow come out and say he's not going to play for Cincinnati. Oh, man. Nobody's going to be mad at you except for Cincinnati. Trust me. No one cares. Like, <laughs> I, I, like, no distance to Cincinnati, but like, no, you're, you're not gonna, you're not out here saying that you're not gonna play for the Cowboys, or you're not playing for the Green Bay Packers, or you're not playing for the New England Patriots. Hell, you're not even saying you're not playing for the Miami Dolphins, yeah. which I also th- think that no one would care about, <laughs> based off of the last 20 years of Dolphins football. You, everyone will be happy for you except for Cincinnati that you said you didn't want to play in Cincinnati. Trust. Unless you end up with the Lions. No offense.
2: Oh, man, that's real, though.
0: So then Justin Herbert, I think, goes to the Chargers. I like Justin Herbert. I didn't all season, but I liked what I saw from him in the bowl game. I think he goes to the Chargers. Obviously, that could be switched between the Dolphins. If the Dolphins take Justin Herbert, then Tua goes to the Chargers. Yeah. Um. I think the, I think the Chargers are a better situation for Tua than the Dolphins because there's going to be more required of him in Miami than will be with the Chargers. But either way, those are interchangeable. Jacob yeah, I think he goes to the Bears. I don't know. I have no idea. That's the one thing I saw on the internet about where he might go. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think he is going to go in the first round. And if you're looking at places that need quarterbacks, they have said that they're sticking with uh, Trubisky's and whatever. Like
2: that's a good spot to be in. Then if you're drafted by the Bears, you got that defense, and then you can sit behind Trubisky's for a little bit, maybe.
0: Yeah, and then everyone's going to yell for you when Trubisky does what Trubisky does, and then you're a hero, right? Jordan Love. The Patriots need a quarterback, Ooh. and he is rumored to be going in the the second rounds. Patriots, as we know, are picking later in the first
2: round. They always do. Right. Mm.
0: So I think that I think that, that he could end up going there. Now the Steelers don't have a first round pick, which is tragic, mm. but because I would have loved the Steelers to be able to take a quarterback in this draft. But um, yeah, I, I think he could end up going to the Patriots. So that leaves Tom Brady. The big one yeah so i've been pretty consistent i think tom brady is leaving that, he, that i thought he was going to the chargers i'm kind of moving off that I'm, I'm c- colin's kind of convincing me he's going to the cowboys really i know he has no information on this okay and it's just a theory
2: <laughs> yeah michael irvin <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, just, I don't know like i i really want the cowboys obviously to give dak prescott the money and just let's just move forward with dak prescott i love dak prescott i've been very consistent about that since dak prescott started as we know i'm not even gonna get into it but I just think they both end up with the Cowboys.
2: Ooh. So, okay. Dak Prescott just sits back a little bit for the GOAT. He's going to like, I'll give you this year, and then I'll come back. My, I mean, uh, I'll take, a, a, take a little bit of a break. We know
0: Tom Brady's only going to play for two more years. Yeah.
2: Right? So they franchise tag Dak.
0: Now if the, I don't know if they have all the money for that.
2: Uh, yeah, this is the, the— I'm
0: not a salary cap specialist. <laughs> yeah. This is just the fantasy list. Right, okay? right. My bad. All right. Philip Rivers, we're retiring you. Sorry. Love you. Great— great career hall of famer uh is me, huh? maybe not first ballot but yeah. is he a hall of famer i think so hmm. i can't tell and that kind of makes me feel like he might oh. not, i mean I, I guess he is yeah is he?
2: all right
0: i mean i guess and he, it, he like, played second for second or third se- his 17 seasons 16 seasons 16 long seasons time. it's a long time mm-hmm. he does have that streak that starting streak which i love That's a special thing yeah, Why I think Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. Okay, maybe he's a Hall of Famer. He convinced me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Drew Brees, I think, is going to stay with the Saints, which leaves, obviously, Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill's situation. Mm-hmm. I think he stays with the Saints for another two years. I think they trade Teddy Bridgewater. I love Teddy Bridgewater, so that's not a dis- – it's actually a compliment to Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, yeah. He's too good. They need to pay him, mm-hmm. and they can get some huge assets for him. So, Teddy Bridgewater, I kind of like him with the Lions.
2: I love Teddy Bridgewater. I also am a fan of Matt Stafford. I don't think he's the Why? problem with the Lions. Matt Stafford has gotten us through some horrible, some comebacks that, like, uh, I'm I'm ride or die with them now for them comebacks. It's it's things around him that are the problem. You're such but, a
0: Lions fan, Donnie. I
2: am. I am. <laughs> but Teddy Bridgewater, I would love to see him in that blue that that silver and honolulu blue oh,
0: i love teddy uh, bridgewater so, uh, with the
2: lions yeah i mean it's for the culture to have teddy bridgewater as our quarterback that'd be dope it but would be
0: so dope and teddy bridgewater is so much better than that <laughs>
2: <laughs> i can't i don't i can't back that up i don't i don't, oh, I don't believe come
0: you. on no nah, man now stafford what does what does rob parker call him
2: oh what does he call him I don't pat know.
0: stafford or oh, uh, stat so pafford stat Stafford.
2: Come, come on rob <laughs> They're gonna disrespect. Our it's
0: guy such like a that. good name. Um, I don't know. I I kind of I'm kind of with Rob Parker on that. I'm going agree with him on a lot of stuff, but that's definitely not inaccurate. Damn. So okay, and then so that's like I don't know what I do with Matt Stafford. So I guess that's available too. But right. Um, Cam Newton. I think he stays with the Panthers. I think they they stick with that. Okay. Otherwise, they're gonna have to draft someone. Andy Dalton. I think he goes to the Colts. Mm. Zach Prescott. As I said, I think. The cowboys and uh jamie Winston's gonna be with the bucks forever and oh, continue so to throw so many interceptions forever and ever <laughs> um yeah so like i said that's my that's my comprehensive list with uh mostly just gut it's, most, it's just a football guy list there's not a lot of salary cap research there okay um so come
2: august we'll check back and see we'll how check back and see how accurate it is it yeah. will either
0: be completely and utterly wrong in a- every single way or it'll probably be 100 right oh
2: man that'd be <laughs> insane it <laughs>
0: If I got 100% right, based off of uh, basically nothing. Um, yeah, based off all gut. That's my all gut list. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: but I like it. I feel good about most of it. Except for like two. But most of it I feel good about. Um,
2: all right, what's next? Uh, football is back like it never left. Yep. Because it kind of didn't. 3.3 3 million viewers tuned into the XFL's first weekend of games featuring new rules, more access, and some pretty good football. Joy, more football equals more fun. With it or quit it?
0: With it. I loved it. Agreed. First of all, I like any league that provides uh, high quality play, which I thought was like, th- again, these are not NFL players, so you're not going to get NFL level play. But I thought the play was good. Mm-hmm. I thought the, the network coverage of it was great. The camera angles, yeah. the uh, the ca- the calls were great. The sideline interviews were awesome. I love the in-game interviews, like the action and the energy. In the moments. Yeah. So all overall, like the products looked good on television, which I can't say the same for with AAF because we couldn't even find it. (laughs) And I was rooting for AAF too. Yeah. But this league is different. Like for all the criticisms of the XFL that were warranted in the past for sure. And all the skepticism coming into this weekend, I didn't really know what to expect. I knew that the product would look good. I wasn't expecting it to look as good as it did, but mm-hmm. I knew it would look good because ESPN and, and Fox are behind it. So, right. like, they're going to we're going to do our productions, which are good productions. Top notch. And we knew who was calling the games too. Mm-hmm. So, Kurt Menefee, Joel Klatt, like that's that's going to be a well called game. Exactly. Like, they're both the, the best in the business. But I actually thought it looked like real football. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't. It and listen, I'm a big supporter of minor league sports. I love going to minor league baseball games. That's I think they're fun. So I actually fun. like going to minor league games better than going to to major league games. Like. That's... You're gonna get great weird food.
2: Yeah. W- weird uh mascot stuff is. Well, weird dope. mascot
0: stuff. I'm huge into weird mascot stuff. <laughs> yeah. Great stadium antics, huge mm-hmm. into stadium antics. Mm-hmm. You're in a nice intimate seat, like yep. right down by the game. You're gonna see the players. It's affordable exactly. family experience. Not that I have a family or that I pay for anything because I don't, but I do support that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do support that. Like I, and I think they're fun. Like I've always had I've never had a bad experience in a minor league baseball game and i think this is a nice option for fans because it is it's so expensive to go to games like it's cool to be able to bring your whole family to a game that's like that's a i'm spoiled and i'm aware of that but like and all of us in the business pretty much like we get perks from working in the business tickets and such and like we kind of get desensitized to how expensive it is to Mm -hmm. go to these sporting events like we do and it's cool to have an option to watch professional football and it's not that expensive. It looks great on TV. I love the stuff that they implemented with being able to hear the replay and like, yeah. hearing the coaches and the players. Like You really get to experience the game. I do think that there are, there's going to be some stars that emerge throughout the season. Like It's one weekend. We don't know who the stars are yet. We'll yeah. see. It's going to get more competitive as it goes on. And, and from what I've re- read about the pay structure, you actually make more. Because they're, they're obviously not making anywhere near NFL salaries. You make more if you win. Oh, so uh, at least according to what I've read so that's like cool. that's obviously more motivation makes gives a little bit competitive advantage especially because it's not NFL guys who are like oh like whatever I get a ten thousand dollar bonus I don't care yeah no, they don't yeah. care about winning but yeah. like they're not worried about the money right so I do I think it's cool I'm a big supporter of it I watched this weekend's I, I I was on the plane I told Colin every other TV was on XFL oh, dope. it's a nice option for people and this is like a, this is a like gap space
2: yeah it's the perfect timing for it it's right like window Of like we're we're looking for more live sports and this is it right now because right now it's just basketball and but we're going into
0: All Star break exactly and like yeah yeah. and so like now NBA is about to crank up but it's 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 like the perfect space for it I love the the implementing of the betting I can't wait till the NFL does that like look we're all gambling here like just talk about the lines like it's okay it's not a big secret like it's it's actually legal now it's like it's like when people are resisting like marijuana it's like (laughs) but we can walk into the store and get it just like booze (laughs) somebody (laughs) has to
2: do it first right right and And so i love that
0: they're doing it Mm -hmm. um overall i thought it was i thought it was just cool and like i said i'm rooting for xfl uh i love that it's providing more coaching opportunities yeah um options for guys who are who still want to play who Mm -hmm. are good enough to play out of college but haven't quite made a team or will will peak and then get on a squad next year which will happen and i i think it'll end up being because it's so well funded which was the problem that aaf obviously had it's going to it's a long play like don't get too caught up in like, oh, I don't love it this weekend right. and whatever. Like it's a long play. They're not going to they're not they're not going to have these ridiculously unreachable marks to re- to get to in the first week or the first season.
2: And this feels different from the, the first time the XFL debuted. I remember being super excited about it as like a 13 year old and then watching it actually premiere and feeling nothing but disappointment and i it was
0: had chaos
2: <laughs> i had the same uh, excited feelings going into this weekend like i was amped about like more football and my uh, my expectations were actually met and that has like felt so good i was like surprised by how awesome was
0: yeah it it was it was utter complete chaos and insanity the original version of xfl yeah and i i did not think that we were going to see any of that with this because it just that that didn't work before it's It's not going to work now from the mistakes right (laughs) and i thought they just i thought they did a good job i'm looking forward to next weekend hear ye hear ye jimmy butler is petty obviously love it uh, Joel bead for that matter as well. So there's a lot going on with the Sixers this year, a lot of dysfunction, a lot of conversations in the locker room, and this like a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of noise around the Sixers this year, and they're not playing up to their potential. Which I low-key like, obviously, because I'm a Heat fan. But Joel bead has been in the kind of conversation about a possible trade piece. Obviously, not this year, the trade deadline has passed. But you know the conversation is being had of if the Sixers should move on from Joel Embiid, get a haul of picks and players or whatever. Um, And he got booed at home. They got booed at home. And he kind of you know shushed the crowd after making a three. And he posted this picture on Instagram with the with the the age old quote: "You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain." And listen, villain shoes, villain cape. Do villains wear capes? Some villains wear cape. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Villain mass.
2: More likely, yeah.
0: yeah. Being a villain isn't for everyone. Um, we saw that with LeBron and the Miami Heat. It's a lot. It's a, it's a cross to bear, if you will. Cross with thorns. And Jimmy Butler is perfectly comfortable being a villain, and he is in Miami. And he responded to this Instagram post uh, that Joelle put up and said, I know a place where villains are welcome. <sighs> it's such a good line Ooh, that's some cold to say it's so good and it's why i love the heat so much this year it's such old school heat mentality it's such it's just pat riley's hands all over it i love it so much and uh he responded something like you know it brother or something like that like he responded in a positive fashion to this quote So he's stirred up a lot. Now, he has gone on to Twitter, just, like, kind of smooth it over. Like, I can take it, whatever, fill it forever. Okay. But we saw it. It happened. So I'm here for it. I'm totally down with Juana Bede coming to Miami. Obviously, the more talent we can get. Um, And this is – I told you. Didn't I tell you? I told y'all this was about to start popping off. I told you the NBA was going to turn up all the drama, right? Like, we are getting into all star break. Like, we've had a nice, quiet season, NFL. We're all paying attention to the NFL. Now, this stuff is about to start stirring up. Got a little Kuzma, you know, just a little, a little Dwelling B, a little Jimmy Butler. Mm, delicious. Love it. All right, time for High Key Loki. What's up, Donnie.
2: All right. High key. We're only getting a Habib McGregor rematch if it's in the streets. Low key, okay. Just JK. Just we don't <laughs> condone we don't not, we street violence. Condone any violence. <laughs> um uh, that's not accurate me, but uh i don't i'm not gonna tell that
0: story um <laughs> but obviously i do not condone them climbing into the stands and fighting people in the stands exactly don't do that don't do that while i'm in the stands it do endangers
2: not. others do not
0: endanger others especially me i will be dressed fancy <laughs> and i do not have time i've i'm fresh out of time for that hated that okay so here's the thing about this fight and what's going on with mcgregor Everything that's going on with McGregor is a setup for the Mayweather fight that's going to be at the end of the year, which hmm. we all know, right? Like, we're accepting that. Even though I don't think that that will be a good fight, whereas I thought the first Mayweather-McGregor fight was good, I don't believe it will be as good of a fight. Okay. Um, but I still think it's going to happen because, you know, Mayweather likes making $300 million for a fight.
2: Yeah, it's, it's...
0: And I think McGregor does, too. But he's in the UFC right now, and the Habib-McGregor rematch is what everyone wants to see. Now, obviously, they have bad blood. So, this yeah. new, like, sweet version of McGregor where he's, like, you know, like, all lovey and, and you know, that. Yeah, peace. Um, he is at peace. He's in a zen space, <laughs> okay? Which is fine. Good for him. Great. Thrive, honey. But this is the fight everyone wants to see. So, Habib is fighting Tony Ferguson at UFC 249 in Brooklyn on April 18th. So, that's coming up soon. That is a violent picture. Oh, man. Um, So... Dana White obviously wants a rematch. We all want a rematch. But Habib's camp has said they want to see McGregor earn things before he gets a shot at the champion. Mm. Here's the thing. And maybe this is just me. Okay. Because, like, obviously, Habib is a great fighter. And he kicked McGregor's ass. He did. But what, the, what are you talking about? Earn things.
2: That's a boss earn move. what? That's boss. Earn
0: what? <laughs> Who? Where? Why? <laughs> why? Ever? What are you talking about? You're going to fight McGregor. Now, I like this lead up. Okay. Yeah. I like the tension. Okay. I like the sell in the fight. But get the f- out of here he got to earn <laughs> you don't, something. You don't, you don't buy right into it. He's the star of UFC. He fought Mayweather in the biggest, like, sporting events in the past couple of years crossover. Or, you know, whatever, yeah. Like, whatever. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> there is no earning of anything. Now, there is bad blood here because remember, this got really ugly. Obviously, it spilled out to the stands. Yeah, man. But Habib said the only chance this could fight this fight could happen. His manager said the only fight this, the way this fight could happen is in the street. And he said that McGregor would have to do something spectacular. Uh, he's one of the biggest stars because he's one of the biggest scumbags. um let's be real we don't like this guy we're never gonna like him probably every time we see him there's gonna be problems he said things about family things about religion things about race he crossed the line you can't cross the line with habib Mm. i love it all sell the fight but don't don't get it twisted mcgregor is the a side of that fight whether habib is the champion or not like that's just that's just fact so hopefully this fight happens probably around end of summer i'm I'm guessing okay now the only thing is if mcgregor loses this fight which is obviously a possibility
2: it happened. The, that yeah.
0: might that might damage the the possibility of the Mayweather fight.
2: Okay, yeah, hundred percent.
0: Because I don't know how you get gassed up for the McGregor Mayweather rematch if he doesn't beat her beat. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's a lot of setup to this. Like like McGregor needs to win that fight, but please, the fight is happening. Um, all right, what's next?
2: Hi, Key. We're almost at the halfway point of the NBA season. Low key, what's been the biggest surprise?
0: The Miami Heat. 305. 305. Ticket to the house. Ticket to the house. 35 and 18. Two All Stars. Bam. My guy Jimmy. Tyler Hero. I love all of it. Duncan Robinson. Got Derek Jones Jr. in the dunk contest. Liftoff. I'm here for it. I love all of it. On top of the world. Um, It's fourth in the East right now. Mm. Completely unexpected. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: We're winning the NBA championship. (laughs) No, I'm very excited, though. It is like, it's so fun to watch old school heat basketball. And that's what I feel like this is. Like, they're the bad guys. And listen, say hello to the bad guys. (laughs) You
2: got to respect it. All
0: right. But that's just Miami style. We have no problem being the bad guy. Heatles bad guys. It's fine. We'll, We'll be bad guys. Yeah. It's good throwback. <laughs> I mean, it is throwback it really basketball. Is. We'll scarface all over these mother <laughs> But I love it though. I'm really excited about it, and uh, it's it's just it's the style of Heat basketball that I enjoy watching the most. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that they're back. I'm happy that they're playing at the level they are. I'm happy Jimmy is in a place where he feels comfortable being himself. Yeah, he seems happy. Put people around him where he can mentor them. Tyler Hero was talking about how like what a pro he's become from watching Jimmy Butler, and I do think that a lot of what's happened with Jimmy's reputation um, is sometimes you're a victim of your own uh, attitude. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was reading I was reading a story about Jimmy today, and like the issues that he's had around the league, and like what he's gone through. And look, it's not it's not no part of your reputation is completely unearned, right? Like maybe he has been difficult, but the overall like. Thread of the story is he's difficult because he's demanding, which I can relate to and understand. Like, sometimes you're just like, I have this standard for myself and everyone else needs to meet that standard. And, of course, we know everybody does not work as hard as everybody else who works hard. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just facts. We all are around humans all day long. If that was the case, there'd be no money because we'd all be billionaires. <laughs> so, like, yeah, there's there's a way to do to go about things. And that's what he is able to do in Miami. And it's all clicking. And I love it. Eastern Conference finals. Mm. We're taking down Giannis. Okay. And then what's
2: we'll that see happening? what happens. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm down, and I'm excited about it. Um, all right, what's next?
2: High key, the Browns are not going to trade Odell and Jarvis. Low key, this is sad.
0: It is sad. It's so sad. I'm so tired of seeing Odell in that jersey. Mm. <sighs> Listen, Jay Glazer has reported that they're not going to trade either one of them. So we're basically stuck with Odell and Baker, and that does make me sad. And that's nothing against Baker, because obviously, as I've said a million times, I was a huge Baker supporter uh not the best picture baker um (laughs) (laughs) i was a huge baker supporter i thought that he should have started from the beginning i like uh personalities i like anarchy he represents that i'm cool with it but didn't just please just go out there and deliver and they just didn't Mm -hmm. and the biggest thing is that odell is the biggest superstar in the nfl even being with the browns And if he's not putting up numbers, if they're not winning games, if he's not being able to do what Odell does, then he kind of fades. I won't say disappears because Odell can't disappear. Yeah. But this last year didn't feel like a league with Odell Beckham Jr. as one of the best receivers in it. It just felt like he's on a team that's completely dysfunctional. And it was about Baker and Freddie Kitchens and Miles Garrett. And it was just like chaos all the time.
2: Now, he did say that he was hurt. And I feel like uh, with a completely healthy Odell and coming back next season, possibly we might end up seeing what we expected to see this year, just a delayed he, reaction kind of a thing. He did say
0: that he played the entire season hurt. And to be clear, I'm blaming none of this on Odell. Nah, yeah. Like, Odell's a superstar. I only want Odell to thrive. Mm-hmm. And Jarvis, too. Like, I like Jarvis Landry. And right. I, I, we all expected great things from the three of them, Baker, Jarvis, and Odell. And I do think I liked how... Baker presented himself at the Super Bowl. I thought he came across as very mature and self-aware. But here's the issue. They had like this much window, bloop, closed. Because now Cincinnati's likely going to get Joe Burrow. Now, they're still Cincinnati, but that's, that's a game changer as far as what's the team we're going to pay attention to that we don't know is going to be good or not. It's no longer the Browns. It's now Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So we're all going to be watching Cincinnati, see what happens with Joe Burrow then what happens? Oh, the Steelers are getting Ben Roethlisberger back. They had a playoff merging season this year with that goofy dude. What's his name? Can't Mason. Even remember his Mason. Name. Mason Rudolph. Okay. And Duck. Okay. Duck. Duck. All right. So, so what do you think is going to happen? Even if I don't care how old Ben is like, that's an upgrade. All right. And they almost made the playoffs this year with that ridiculous situation. Yeah. So that's happening. And then you have Oh, I don't know, Lamar Jackson, League MVP, and Ooh. the Baltimore Ravens. So, what, what's what, what? are you smacking with? Like, you got to win your division first before you become in even in the conversation of being relevant. They're not going to make a wild card spot. So, what yeah. are we talking about here? Just enough. It's more of the same. I, I even if they improve, I don't think it's going to be much better of a season or enough to to get into the into the playoffs. It's so, real. It's just. It's sad loser power rankings, loser power rankings, losers of, loser of the week. All right, what do we got for loser power rankings? All
2: right, first up is uh, your voice,
0: yeah, huge L. <laughs> that's me, that's all that inflammation there. It's me
2: too, technically. I'm my my base level is a little bit lower, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, so I've been sick for three weeks. Everyone keeps blaming it on uh, like. Miami and partying and I don't <laughs> play a slight role, but I was sick before I left for Super Bowl which was the disaster because if you go on a huge road trip already sick there's no chance you're recovering from that yeah. which I haven't. I've completely lost my voice this is the best that it's sounded in the last three days and I've tried everything, I've tried uh, not talking, I've tried drinking lots of water and the tea and the, the emergency and the throat lozenges and the medicine and like nothing's working and it's not going to get better. Um, so this is what I sound like now. I sound like this Mm. It's just a huge L. It just it's it's, it's kind awful. of fun. And I keep hacking. That's not fun. And I just I sound I sound like.
2: I enjoy when my voice changes. I'm I'm like walking around the house singing Barry White and uh, <laughs> Louis Armstrong. Uh, it's yeah, fun.
0: I can't sing at all. <coughs> so here, like so, yeah. It's just I'm, It's just never gonna get better. This is what I sound like now. Sorry. Um, what's next?
2: Baseball changing the postseason potentially.
0: Oh my God! The best part of baseball is the postseason. Why? Why do you why why? This is interesting. It's it's I'm I'm <laughs> compatently against this. Mm. So they're seriously weigh, weighing uh, a change to the playoffs that would expand the field to seven teams, just three division winners and four wild card teams. And this would happen in 2022, according to the New York Post, Joel Sherman. The playoff structure would basically create a wild card, a new wild card round. The division winners with the best record in each league would get a bye for the round, where the other two division, division winners and the top wildcard team would hold, host a three-game series against each of the rest of the wildcards, if you can follow anything I just said. Mm. But the biggest change comes with who faces the team in the new wildcard round, because MLB is planning on producing a Sunday night selection show at the end of the regular season where representatives from each team pick their wildcard opponent on live TV.
2: Hmm. I choose you.
0: Yeah. Yeah to get your ass kicked because what happens when you lose
2: that's going to be amazing that's if this were to happen i would be looking forward to that more than anything else the everyone team. who
0: is, doesn't have a team is going to be rooting so hard for the team <laughs> that gets picked yeah so basically the division winner with the best record gets a buy and then the division winner with the second best record gets their first pick of opponents and then the, re- the remaining division winner picks their opponent and the remaining team faces the top wild card uh i, I don't like i don't like changes when it comes to, to things that really work, and the, the baseball postseason is just some of the best sports you're ever going to get to watch. Hundred percent, a great sense of urgency. It's it's it, in, intense. Like the pressure is at the absolute height that baseball can get to. I, I don't like hacky. Uh, goofy changes to things that are just like, fu- yeah, just, it's, still, <laughs> there's no need for gimmicks in something that works. Yeah. You want to do gimmicks, like do it during the regular season when nobody is watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. not true. Lots of people watch baseball. We just like, we because, you know, there's 10,000 games. So yeah. obviously that's what it is. But lots of people, people watch baseball. Don't mess with the baseball postseason, please. You know, you, you want to you make some changes? I have, some, I have a, a suggestion. Put Barry Bonds and Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Do it. There you go. There's solved. Next.
2: Hello. Oh, hello.
0: Heller, welcome Bonds. Heller. <laughs> yeah. Barry,
2: Barry Bonds, <laughs> you feel like <laughs> that's okay, a I got to come in. This is my space? time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome Here's Heller. Hit Barry Bonds. What's going on? <laughs> no. <gotta> <laughs> welcome back.
0: We're talking about the uh, ridiculous uh, suggestion that they should change the baseball postseason to some hacky selection show.
2: It's like reality TV. I choose you to potentially beat me. Why Have you heard they this? Do that?
0: I don't know because they're because i don't know they because they because people fe- always feel the need to change things that don't need to be changed
2: shake it up as long as there's no buzzers on people's shoulders to tell them when the pitches are coming
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't change baseball postseason.
2: <laughs> um all right what's next uh johnny manziel dicks uh. <laughs> this <laughs> oh, <sorry, Doug. laughs> <laughs> oh man that's my bad. Uh, I'll, I'll take that nope, one no we'll okay. let's start over uh, okay it! johnny manziel dissing the xfl uh,
0: all right Boom. so Boom. Uh, just, uh, someone asked johnny if he was going to play in the xfl because you remember he had some involvement with the aaf and he said comeback season is still live if y'all ain't know I didn't just know. not you, Oh, that's that. That's verbatim. Just in case I wasn't talking like that because right, right, right. I that talk like that. But apparently Johnny Menzel talks like that his too. His mouth. Yes, he's he. he this his these are his, his words.
2: It's one thing for him to speak like that. It's another thing for him to tweet like that. <laughs>
0: A conscious decision. Comeback season's still alive. If y'all ain't know. <laughs> Just not playing for another league that's going to fold on you midway through the season. Now, that's that's a fair criticism because he did have that experience with AAF. Obviously, if you played for AAF, you might have a little anxiety about getting involved in it. But the XFL and the AAF, I don't think, can be compared. Like There's way more funding. It's a completely different setup than the AAF. But he also said, if I never pick up a ball again, it's all love. I was the most lit.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Most relatable college football player to ever do it Oh man. did things my way and made it further than I ever could have imagined the game gave me life and I'll forever be grateful thank you to the people that vibe with me till the ends what a journey it's been so so,
2: so let let that marinate
0: I mean you have to <laughs> let it marinate because there's so much to dissect overall look like <laughs> I, I did I enjoy Johnny Manzella in college football yes I thought he was he was fun uh money manziel you
2: know was he the most lit the
0: most well first of all like <laughs> we're are we doing that still because i felt like i i use that sparingly and yeah not in a public fashion and every time i use it i'm still like i haven't decided if we're still i think we're done with that right have we retired that
2: i never really bought into it so you're talking to the wrong person i
0: mean because i don't you know the thing about it is is i'm just not a young per. like i'm a young person but i'm not a young person yeah, yeah. and lit is just not in my vocabulary same,
2: same. The, the white delegation has definitely co-opted lit. well that we've been known I that say, i would say really.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's really what it is, but that's when we decide we're done with something. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. (laughs) So,
0: uh, yeah, the most lit. I mean, can we come? Anyway, (laughs) let's just move on. Before we get started with culture, I I just want to submit some more lit suggestions because I feel like I didn't. We didn't put in enough time on that. So, like, overall, I I feel like it's a complete disrespect to the 2000 Miami Hurricanes that Menzel has described himself as the most lit college football player of all time to the entire Miami hurricanes uh, history, which I mean, there's literally dozens of submissions that rank higher, but
2: the whole state of Florida football also.
0: Yeah. I mean, we have not even discussed, (laughs) we haven't even gotten into the Gators. Okay. Which, which, which I don't even want to, because it's, it's really disrespectful to the level of lit that we're talking about (laughs) with the U, but let's just, let's just start with the U. Well, let's just remove you, Actually. Yep. Brian Bosworth.
2: Amazing. To this day, a better hang than Johnny Manziel. Uh,
0: Bo Jackson.
2: Super lit. Michael Vick. And Marcus.
0: Uh. Vince Young. Oh, Matt Leinart. Reggie Bush. Come on! All of the most college, uh, most lit college football player of all time.
2: I know he's a coach, but is Pete Carroll more lit? Yes. Hmm.
0: I think he is. I, he was. He was Money Manzo
2: Yeah, but Pete Carroll like had Snoop and Will Ferrell at practices.
0: Yeah, so I'm saying uh, Uncle Luke. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, what, what are we talking about here? Most lit. Uh, all right. Let's let's move on. Uh, hello, T. Hi. <laughs> um, time for the Migos culture report. T, what's the T? All
3: right. So the Oscars was on Sunday and at Los Angeles, it suffered the lowest ratings ever and they had no female directors nominated, but it was still a big night for some people. Joy, what did you think of the Oscars?
0: Um, it doesn't surprise me that it had the lowest ratings because their ratings have been plummeting for like the past, I don't know, I think eight years. Yeah. Why, who knows? I think part of it is it's not really, well, this particular Oscars I felt like was an actual show. It had kind of over the years become like this speech fest and nobody likes speeches. Unless you're going to a speech, like if you're going to a panel, you're prepared to hear a speech or you're going to church. You're prepared to hear a sermon. OK, you know what I'm saying? Or you are like going literally to hear someone speak? Then you're down with being spoken to. But like, I don't want to sit on my couch and watch people talk. About, nothing. about stuff I can't achieve or like be a part of. And I think that's part of what the Oscars has become. But this particular year, I will say, and you you saw the Oscars yeah, as well. Yeah, it was good. First of all, opening song Janelle Monae, Billy Porter. This was amazing, and yeah. it kind of got some mixed reviews on on Twitter. But Janelle Janelle Monae is the queen of everything, and it was it was awesome. We had the the us and like uh, characters, the Joker characters, obviously Billy Porter's life, and she's just running around in everyone's face doing her thing and she looked amazing and I loved it I thought it was high energy way to start the show like when they after this performance I was like oh, okay we're doing a show then yeah and it really was they did they did performances of all the top songs all the nominated songs for the for the uh, year I thought everybody did a really good job um, Randy Newman was cool obviously um, Cynthia, Cynthia Rivo killed it she, did. she looked amazing so I felt like the show was an actual show and none of the speeches went long Like I thought Renee Zellweger's was a little long, but she won Best Actress, so like take your time. It was there was no I didn't hear at least. Did you hear any like get off the stage music?
3: The only time was at the end when Parasite won Best um, Best Picture. uh, Best Picture. I saw when people when they were like kind of dimming the lights, you hear everybody going up, up, up. Like that's the only time.
0: Okay, so okay, so yeah, th- okay, so yeah that, that's yeah, that was definitely it. Jane Fonda looked amazing, by the way. Um, yeah, I didn't think I, didn't, I think anybody's went over. I didn't hear mm-hmm. any wrap it up music at all. Everyone's speech was kind of self aware and quick. The ones that, you know, nobody really knows who they are, no offense, but like best sound mixing. They were not up there because usually those are the ones are like, and gotta- I'd also <laughs> like to thank Fred <laughs> Farmer from my fourth grade math teachers, friends,, bath, backyard, bathtub. Like, that's, and it gets ridiculous. And everyone's like, okay, I'm done with this. Cause like, who cares? Like, you just wanna see who won best picture and best actress and best actor. But I thought the show was fun. Eminem came out. Like, okay. Billie Eilish singing for the In Memoriam. By the way, I mean, can we please, please solve the In Memoriam? It is not hard. (laughs) How do they always miss people?
3: How do you miss Luke Perry?
0: How do you miss Luke Perry? And Cameron, how? Don't, I don't, does one person do this?
2: Luke Perry is a silver screener. What this is, is about movies. Movie it's all right. Person. Movies are silver screen? Yeah. Luke Perry's a TV star. That's what I thought. That's why I thought they looked at Yeah, except
0: up. for he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Which was like nominated for Best Picture and Brad Pitt won. Yeah.
2: I wish I wouldn't have picked up the microphone. Yes, <laughs> I'm it down. it's okay.
0: But like, that's not even it. Like, the, he's been in movies. Yeah, like it doesn't. Like, he was in the nominated movie. How do you? Do, How do you not? Do they just uh, search, Like, send it to the agencies. Just like, yeah. hey, can you give us a little review? Like, okay, you're missing three people. And then send it back, and then fix it. I don't understand how it happens. It's really that. strange. They, to me.
3: they miss Cameron Boys too. I remember yes. mentioning to you, which was
0: it's so weird. Yeah. I don't understand how it happens. Anyway, that's that was odd. But anyway, Brad Pitt was was, you know, gracious as always, and um, Joaquin gave his 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 speech about his stuff, and yeah, yeah he's yeah. I mean, that's the speech I expected from Joaquin Phoenix. It's the speeches he's been giving since he was in it and and obviously expected him to win. But Love, Elton John. Um, I thought I don't know. I just enjoyed it. And I liked the Oscars because I feel like it's the highest award that you can win in Hollywood. Like, no one's ever like, oh, this you know, SAG Award winner or such and such. No diss to the SAG Awards. But you describe someone as an Academy Award winner. That's like, big. it's prestigious. Yeah. It matters. It's why everyone's pissed there were no female directors nominated. It's why everyone's mad about the lack of diversity. And it's why everyone's glad Parasite won everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't dude. even seen Parasite yet. And I, cl- even- I am going to watch it. Yeah. But they cleaned up and I, I, it, was, it was the perfect um, the perfect way to end that show based off of everything that had been like the controversy around the Academy Awards. What did you think?
3: I loved it. I mean, I, I think for me, like the biggest moment was just seeing I don't want to butcher his name, Bong Joon-ho win. I mean, mm-hmm. four awards. And I, I'd said it before, I'm going to say it again, but the fact that he just said, thank you, we'll drink till morning. Like, I just thought that was so- Yeah, I vibed with that. I vibe with it, I thought it was so funny. I I really, I really was really happy to see um, history being made. So I love that. I did appreciate Steve Martin and Chris Rock. Oh my God, they were amazing. <laughs> What's missing, vaginas? Like, <laughs>
0: they were hilarious. amazing <laughs> they were so great i yeah. love that they opened it and they just they crushed their monologue kristen wigg and and maya rudolph were amazing also oh, they, were. they were so funny and <laughs> i loved i loved uh rebel wilson and um james corden, james corden oh, as yay. the cats oh yeah when they're messing with the microphone. <laughs> That that shit was great. I don't know. I I enjoyed it. Like I I like the Oscars though, so I'm kind of biased. But I thought this year it was an actual show, um, and I real I actually really enjoyed watching it and thought it was a show as opposed to like a series of speeches from people that I'm never gonna meet. Yeah. And like I can get why people don't relate to it, but
3: I, I heard a lot of people asking like, well, mentioning how um, Eminem popping up was a little random. And after he performed, do you see what he tweeted? Mm-mm. So he tweeted, look, look, if you had another shot, another opportunity. Thanks for having me at the Academy. Sorry it took me 18 years to get here. Because if you, I'm not sure if you know, but when he won back in 2003 for Lose Yourself, he wasn't there. He was apparently with his daughter and missed it. So he didn't even, I mean, he wasn't there. So I think for him to be able to come back 18 years later and perform, it's like, why wouldn't you do that?
0: I mean, of course he's going to do it. Yeah. But also, like, I don't, I, listen. If you were given me a list of people that are gonna show up and perform at the Oscars, Eminem would not have been a <laughs> one of my choices. But yeah. the lead up to it, like the way that they set it up was amazing. Was. And like they started playing it and I'm like, Wait, what? Are they? Because <laughs> you know, every every song had like a little clip and then it's like like all right, it's a little longer. Oh, okay, we're gonna play the whole thing. Like, do we really love lose yourself that much? Like it mean, it's <laughs> a good song. But then all of a sudden Eminem pops out. Right. And like for for everyone's reviews about like how lost everyone looked. I swear sometimes I feel like I'm watching a different show than people are watching. Like, yes, there's going to be a a few random old people in the crowd who don't know what's going on but I thought for the most part everyone, everyone in the crowd thought it was awesome and was singing it
3: and he got a standing ovation yes so like
0: what are you talking about they were bored they are like oh everyone's confused no I,
3: sometimes Twitter gets on my
0: <laughs> nerves like y'all don't know everything what are you watching yes. I, I, I loved it I thought it was great I did too and I, I enjoyed them we'll, it, see, we'll see it doesn't surprise me if the ratings are down though
3: I do want to I do want to reference one other thing I think is really important that Matthew Cherry won Best Animated Short winner, yes, uh, yes. for Hair Love and I love the fact that he he brought DeAndre Arno who's a Texas high school student that wasn't going to be able to graduate if he didn't cut his dreads. Yep. So that was huge. That was a great moment for him. Yeah, them. and he's
0: a former NFL wide receiver. Yes. Yeah. So Sports it, it's tie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, we like to do that. But no, it, this was a, this was a great moment and obviously it's a super important topic and, you know, something that T and I live through every day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's all it's always important that that is in the forefront and they had great speeches too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was that was really cool, and obviously he gave a shout a shout out to Kobe um, at the end with a, a really nice line that you know maybe we all have a second act as great as his was. So this was this was a really good moment too, but uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Oscars. Me
3: too.
0: All right, thanks for joining us today on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. We appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on all of our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod on Instagram, Facebook. And Twitter, you can listen on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or Spotify or the iHeart Media app, basically anywhere you get podcasts. And we appreciate it. Catch you next week.
2: Maybe I'm crazy, baby I'm not.